So welcome back to Single Minded. I am your host, Hannah First, and my co-host, Linda. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, Hannah. (laughs) You you Um, always laugh when I say that. I know, because you sound, you just... You just sound like you're trying too hard. Just relax. Big breath in, big breath out. I'll try it again. Remember all the meditation that you do? Haven't you learned anything? Hello, everyone. That's (laughs) terrible. Whatever. So we're back for another episode. And on today's episode, my guest is Ginger Dean. She is a psychotherapist and she helps women heal after toxic relationships. What a great name. Is that her name? Yeah, Ginger Dean. Love it. But her Instagram handle is loving me after we. So she's all about how do you work on yourself first instead of just, you know, rebounding with someone else. Focus on yourself first to heal from toxic relationships. Because when you get rejected or something goes wrong, you're out the next night. Yeah. Who? Me? Well, me too in my day. (laughs) Looking for uh, a quick fix. Exactly. So Ginger is going to be joining me today and... We're going to be talking about red flags, love bombing, and how to heal after heartbreak. The stars were aligned because this episode was coming out just as I went on. I don't know if it was a date. I have absolutely no idea if it was a date. Well, you kind of you dressed for a date, although I did say to pop on red <laughs> lipstick and you refused. No. So this is why I'm not sure because I got an email to my work email saying, you know, hey, Hannah, lockdown's over. I met this person in a social situation, but we have work stuff in common. And so he had my work email. Anyway, he's like, do you want to go for a drink? What what the hell is that? Is that a date or is that just? I would say that's a date. Okay. It was a catch up. A work catch up would be let's have a coffee during the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was going to be on the weekend, which to me, that's not really work. Correct. A work stitch. So we were going to open this episode with a little chat on some of the red flags from this drink that I went on because you were not impressed with the first 15 minutes of the drink. Well, I was so tempted because you went to a bar not far away. I was looking out my kitchen window. I can't quite see the bar and I thought, should I go should I? down the lane and just... And I've got binoculars <laughs> and I was going to go. Anyway, I had to stop myself. It's literally the bar is across the road from my where, where we live. I Mum stopped and I myself live. and just as well because what a useless yeah. <laughs> one and a half hours. So the biggest, I think, red flag for me was that I, I don't know if it wasn't really a red flag, but it's more about something that I personally wouldn't do in the first 15 minutes of meeting someone for a drink, which was he spent five minutes responding to an email and I just sat there staring into space. (laughs) I was like, surely not. Surely he's not just going to spend 10 minutes responding to this email. Anyway, it was about five minutes, I think, that I sat there sort of staring into space. I mean, for me at my age, if someone did that to me, I would say, great to meet you, stand up and walk (laughs) the hell away. But I guess, you know, you sat through five minutes, no big deal. Hey, was he, no big deal. Was he on time? He was. It must have been early because I was a few minutes late. I like somebody that's early. Was he polite to the wait staff? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Did he bring up his ex? No. Okay. 
I think that the email thing was the only thing that okay. was like, oh, it was all right. but I don't, I still don't know if it was a date. I don't know if anyone's had this happen where they just, they meet someone for a drink and they're like, what the hell is this? Did he seem bored or he was all right? It was all right. Yeah. No, he seemed okay. okay. I mean, he did, I hadn't finished my second drink and he was like, I've got to go. That's just so rude. Do you know your father, dad, Rob, yeah. whatever his name is, he used to finish his lunch sometimes. Yeah. We used to have lunch out all the time and he'd finish and say, okay, you're ready to go back to work. And I'd say, excuse me, I am still eating or drinking my coffee. Rude. So, okay, so maybe what this guy did actually wasn't that bad because I think when I told Dad the story, Dad said, oh, that sounds really normal to him. He thought that's something he would do. you try going out with him. His phone goes every five seconds and he just sits there with me on his phone. I go, well, I don't know why I came, but we're used to it, I guess. Anyway, that was our little story from the last date that I went on, which was a date, non-date. The good thing is you did say to me, oh, he wants to go tonight, should I? And I said yes, and that you braved it and went. Yeah. And okay, it didn't go that well. And you may never hear from him again, but hey. You did it. I left that drinks thinking, oh, I won't hear from him again. I just could tell that I could just tell. You know when you can tell. Yes, let's not fool ourselves. It's over before it started. (laughs) (laughs) I am very excited to welcome Ginger Dean to the podcast. Ginger is a psychotherapist who helps women heal after toxic relationships and heartbreak. And she wants us to stop choosing emotionally unavailable partners and start becoming, as she says on her website, savage self-lovers, which I just love (laughs) that little phrase. So, Ginger, one of my favorite lines from your website is, cheers to the revolution of women healing their hearts so they can stop accepting bad behavior and start the best love affair they've ever known with themselves. Tell me a bit about yourself and your website and Instagram, Loving Me After We. Thank you for having me. So uh, my name is Ginger Dean and I'm a psychotherapist. And Loving Me After We was born after working with a ton of women who were having similar issues. So just having clients who were having similar issues in their relationships and finding out that much of these were stemming from childhood trauma. And so having worked with children and then moving on to work with adults, I saw the trajectory from, you know, working with foster children who were enduring childhood trauma into adults who were trying to recover from the same traumas. And so working with women who were in, you know, codependent, uh, toxic relationships, you started to see certain patterns. And I wanted to create a space for us to talk about and to explore the issues that we often just don't talk about, right? When we're in these messy relationships, you may see Instagram posts on it, but there's so much shame and guilt that happens when you're in this kind of relationship that I didn't really see a space where we could talk about it truthfully from a healing place versus it just being about, oh, he's a narcissist, he's a narcissist. I really wanted to focus on the healing process. So that's how it was born. Mm. And I would actually love to know, I think I can probably just in my head, I, I would say, you know, I think I know what a toxic relationship is, but how would you define, I guess, a toxic relationship? I would say a toxic relationship, from what we can typically see, there's covert and overt forms of abuse happening, whether that's emotional abuse, verbal abuse, uh, psychological, mental abuse, right? So a toxic relationship can also look like codependency, where you are working really hard to please that person so that you can receive their attention, love, and affection, or you're people-pleasing, you're over 
you're functioning, you're performing, you're auditioning for their love because you may feel like that's the only way to get love. And that person, you know, they may be in turn, you know, taking advantage of that because they really don't bring anything to the relationship, but you're working like a, you know, like a dog trying to get their love, but you don't really see that this is a one-sided situation happening. So sometimes the relationships are toxic. Sometimes they're, you know, imbalanced. Um, some of it is really people focusing on fixing and helping others so much that they're not able to really focus on themselves and their own issues. So that's another way. So not all of them are necessarily toxic, but there definitely is some imbalance going on, which are indicative of, you know, just lack of self-love mm. and things like that. And your specialty is helping women overcome heartbreak. I guess you've probably worked with so many women over the years. Are there any common themes that you see when helping women go through breakups? I think something co really common is obsessive thoughts after the breakup. You know, you're thinking about the person, mm -hmm. you're working on trying to detach, but your body is still very much attached to the person, the memories. Like addicted to yeah, the person. Yeah, so you're yeah. addicted to the person. <laughs> In some cases, they're addicted to, there's the emotional pain, the, the volatility, the roller coaster that's kind of happening. There's trauma bonds that are often involved as well, which make it really hard for someone, makes it really hard for someone to walk away from the situation. So it's really the obsessive thoughts, the inability to truly walk away from the situation. Because I think as women, we do so much fantasizing, so much romanticizing about potential. And when that all comes crashing down, remember your brain's been stuck on this person for so long. I have all these fantasies. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to be. And you're kind of riding that wave. And then when it crashes, your brain's like, okay, so let's get back up. And you're kind of like, but no, it's over. This isn't good. And so there's a loop that happens and it's like you're in your head, you're daydreaming a lot. Sometimes people might, you know, they might call obsessively, they might text 20 times a day trying to figure out like, how can I get this relationship back? They become obsessed about the whole thing. So that's probably one common thing that I see all the time is just the inability to let go, which is understandable and normal. Yeah. <laughs> How do you work with women to work through some of the heartbreaks? Do you see women then go into the same sorts of patterns rather than like working on themselves or, or healing kind of internally what's going on with them? They just run to the next relationship. Absolutely. Because our society says, don't let one monkey stop the show. Just get back up on another one or get under someone else. Mm. And that never really works. Like I'll say, well, you know, let's take a heart sabbatical. Mm. Let's, you know take four months off from dating. Let's cut off the stragglers, you know, the exes that you can call to go have sex with them and come back to your life, but then you still get attached to them. Let's cut all of those people off. And it's really hard because they start to realize that a lot of the interactions are about attention and not really wanting to be alone, which is understandable, right? We're social creatures. We don't really want to be alone and that's understandable. But when the need to be with someone outweighs the danger, because if you are choosing people who have a really unhealthy pattern or, you know, emotional abuse, verbal abuse and things like that, wanting to be with them despite the fact that they might be harmful to you, that becomes a problem. So I do see a lot of situations where in order to just not be alone, they'll just go jump on another person. But then a lot of times they're repeating the same patterns, which means that it becomes even more and more volatile and destructive as time goes on. Mm. 
So I also want to talk about on your website, I guess you talk a lot about your own personal experience and in terms of what didn't work for you. And also you had quite a few aha moments. Could you chat through Mm -hmm. those? So for me, one of my aha moments was that I was doing what I just said, which is just not really taking time to heal from the breakup and more so looking to Mm -hmm. jump on to the next person. Once I started to do inner child work, I started to realize that much of this was stemming from my wounded inner little girl. And I was making a lot of these decisions unconsciously and there was just so much shame around that. I had to really start focus on healing her so that I would be able to allow my adult me to make better decisions in relationships. It doesn't mean that relationships are going to be perfect or that we're going to run off into the sunset. It just means no longer choosing people who are harmful to me so that I can work on becoming the best version of myself. Mm. And you talk a lot about self-love, which I really wanted to talk about. I never really talk about this. I went through my most recent kind of heartbreak and I seriously, it just, it's never happened to me this badly before, but maybe this is a bit older or something, but it completely decimated my confidence. I came out of it and I was just like, what the hell just happened? I think It was kind of this game of you're not good enough, but really subtle and it wasn't overt. So I didn't pick up on it, you know, like a guy telling you you're not good enough. And I came out of that and I just think my self-confidence was really shattered. And I think I was the same. First thing was, okay, I need to meet someone else to like soothe and Mm -hmm. to to heal me, which is never going to work. You're just delaying the pain. You talk a lot about self-love and I... I just love what you do in that space. So tell me more about why self-love for you is like so important in the healing process. Well, you know, self-love is about having a really high regard for yourself, right? And your well-being Mm -hmm. and your happiness and all the things that honor who you are and the woman that you're becoming. That's what self-love is about, doing things that honor that path. And so it's important because within these relationships, we're often putting aside our needs, especially around boundaries and standards. And I remember Mm -hmm. someone joked and said, um, well, I'm just happy to get someone who can put gas in their car because I'm always paying for that person to, you know, put gas in their car to come and take me on a date. And I would say, really? So maybe one of your standards needs to be that this person has a job and they're able to put gas in their own car so that you don't feel used because she just felt that she was just being used over and over again in different ways. Mm. So when we have boundaries, when we have standards, we can say, well, you know, I prefer to date someone that is an adult that has a job that is able to do those things on their own without coming into the first date saying, hey, I'm going to give you gas money to come and, you know, take you out. Does that happen? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I mean, but I think this is what we need to do, right? We need to have these conversations and normalize being open about this because if we don't, yeah. then we might find ourselves in sticky situations that we've normalized. But on the outside, some of us who maybe gone a little further in the healing journey can say, yeah, well, you probably shouldn't be paying for that person's gas on the first date, right? Mm. So that is something that I see a lot. Mm. Yeah. I'd love to hear about your inner circle. What's the inner circle all about? And, and how does it help women who are going through heartbreak? So the inner circle is a monthly membership. We are focused on healing after heartbreak. And that, that looks like codependency, toxic relationships and things like this. So many of our topics 
all of our topics are centered around that. So we have, for instance, master classes on love addiction, abandonment, rejection, healing after you know breaking up with the ex, and how we deal with, for example, obsessive thoughts, romanticizing your partners, uh, inner child work, trauma bonds is a huge is a huge one. Our master class on trauma bonds, love addiction, and inner child healing were probably our three most popular classes. Mm. So I put that together. I created the inner circle because one of the things I realized in my practice is I was booked out several weeks. And so there's one of me and many right, of my clients. <laughs> and so I realized that there was like a typical process that we would go through because they'd have to kind of look at, well, what's contributing to my choices you know, with these partners? And so I wanted to create a program that allowed everyone to have access to this work because I don't see enough of it being done. So it's a way for people to supplement the work that they're doing with a therapist. If they're not working with a therapist, they can at least get some insights into what's going on with them Mm -hmm. or just doing the work self-paced and just gaining some more insight into what they're doing, how they're showing up in relationships so they can make different decisions moving forward. Mm. What kind of some of the like red flags that when you're doing this course, what kind of things would you then be a bit more aware about? Yeah, that's one of our classes. Um, I would say one of them is claiming a soulmate connection with you super early. Like, oh my God, you're my soulmate. I love you. You know, after like two weeks and they don't really know don't, you. So don't do that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, like telling you, well, yeah, I still hang out with my ex. And, you know, I go to yeah. lunch with this person every week and no, you can't come. That kind of a thing happens quite a bit. I would say, you know, when they're calling their exes the crazy one that, you know, they're the bitch he's the asshole and they can't really say like what their role was in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Not that it was not that they caused anything, but I think when someone comes to you and they're talking about their ex, but they're never able to say, well, what was their role in everything that happened? Even if it's just to say, I chose the wrong person. I think if that person's like, well, you know, she's a bitch and he's an asshole and F him and that person's probably needing some time to, you know, process that breakup. Mm. I think red flags are different for everyone. Like we all have different boundaries based on our experiences. So I know that for some of my clients, it's like what might be a red flag and a rigid boundary for one person may not be for another. But I think another one is love bombing when they're- Yeah, um, what's love bombing? I have not heard this term before. Really? So No. (laughs) So love bombing is essentially when you meet someone- they're calling you all the time. They're texting you all the time. They want to see you all the time. You're so awesome. You're so pretty. Uh, they have you on a pedestal and you're so great. Uh, and it's like, it, it feels, I think there's a difference between, you know, compliments and it just mm. feels smothering. They're calling you all the time. They want to be with you all the time. And you feel like you can't really tell them to back up or just or say no to them because it's like, it's so intense. And some of us like this because it feels so good to have someone give us all this attention. But then at some point, because that's not sustainable, it stops or it starts to slow down. And, or if you put boundaries and say, hey, you know, could you not call me at two o'clock in the morning? Because, you know, we've been talking all day. They're like, huh. And they get into a huff and you don't, they don't speak to you for two or three days. There's always a the decline after the love bombing, which it just tends to hurt because you're used to all this attention, affection, and then it just all of a sudden stops. So it's almost like knowing that when you're being love bombed, you're going high on the roller coaster, but at some point that roller coaster needs to take a dip and come down. So it just makes sense to 
keep the energy between you pretty stable and level and get to know each other and build a healthy foundation as opposed to, you know, allowing the love bombing to continue, knowing that at some point it has to stop because it's not at all sustainable. Yeah, I think I've been love bombed before. (laughs) (laughs) And it ended, I remember I got a text and it was over like that. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, what just happened? It was a real culture shock because I was so used to getting so many texts. Yeah. And like, usually it's like when things start to get really serious and you start to say, okay, Mm. yeah, you know, let's do this. (laughs) And then it's like, oh wait, no, that's not really what I wanted. It's so like they'll back off. Mm. It's weird. Like it's one of the things that girls always say in the Facebook group after when you're, when you're being love bombed, usually when you start to (laughs) believe it, accept it, and then you start to make plans and that person's like, yeah, I don't really know if I want to do that. So they can ghost you. You mm. know, it's one thing to like say, well, this isn't working for me anymore. You kind of go through the breakup process. Mm. But if you're being love bombed, those are really intense feelings on both sides. And that person just ghosts you and just disappears. You're dealing with at that point, really intense feelings of abandonment and rejection. And that can be really difficult to get past and just learning how to trust yourself again, trust other people. You know, the biggest thing I tell people is you have to trust that regardless of what happens that you're going to be okay. And that's why it's good for us to have these tools to help us self-soothe, you know, get back into a good self-love regimen because we can't force people to be in our lives. So having good boundaries, having standards, you know, because sometimes we look back and we say, well, that person wasn't even what I wanted to be with, but I settled. Mm. You kind of put a boundary there because you don't want to go up on the roller coaster only to have to dip down really quickly and just crash and burn, right? Mm-hmm. So having yeah. these tools where you can self-soothe, you kind of get back to yourself is just really important because you never know what can happen in a relationship. It doesn't matter whether you're married or not. I think someone said to me, I remember I was overseas and this guy that I'd met basically asked me to move in with him after three days. And I didn't think that was a red flag. Really? <laughs> I didn't I didn't move in. Okay. It was just like you, you're traveling. No, I did. Like I went and stayed for a whole month. Okay his place but I got sucked in very quickly and I think someone had said to me I think a therapist had said to me that's a red flag he's asking you to stay with him after three days that's that's a red and I and I didn't see it I did after yeah but I didn't at the time it was a lot of a lot of love bombing there too so I totally relate to that so the way that we tend to look at it is like they have a hyperactive reward system right? Where it's like, there's mm. the chase, right? And like, once they have you, it's like, oh, there's no chase anymore. There's no excitement anymore. Mm. So we might say, well, oh, this person's an asshole. They're this and they're that. But when we look at the psychology behind it, this is about someone who does have a hyperactive reward system. So think about like when you really, really want something, right? It's the newest mm. shiny object in your life. And it's like, I want this. I need to have, it. I got to have it. And then it becomes like, oh, so now that I have it, I don't know if I really want it anymore because it requires a commitment. It requires showing up like an adult. And so if someone's Mm. busy love bombing you, they don't really get to the point where they're having a sustainable adult relationship with you. And that can be problematic because once that person says, okay, sure, I want to be with you. I want to move in with you. It's like, oh, wait, I don't know if I actually want to do this. Totally. My last question was, we've all been through, I think, heartbreak and it's honestly like one of the, it's devastating. It can be really, really devastating and, and, you know, days in bed and crying. Do you have any tips for anyone that's, you know, in the thick of it right now? What's kind of, aside from going to sleep with someone else, 
which I think we've all been guilty of too. What kind of things can someone do? Do they, do they, is it good to wallow in, I guess, the heartbreak? I would say self-soothing is absolutely the best thing that you can do is coming up with a really good self-soothing regimen because, you know, we can do the mindset stuff. We could do the heart work around it, which is like inner child work, looking at trauma bonds and things like that. But if your nervous system is being hijacked by those old feelings, mm-hmm. that abandonment, the rejection, you're going to go back and do whatever it is that you were doing before. So it looks like going out and getting a good self-soothing regimen because you want to do the body work around this so that you don't constantly feel anxious, feel stressed out, you feel fearful, you're just, your body's riddled with that abandonment feeling like I'm not good enough. Mm. Self-soothing might look like, you know, a warm aromatherapy bath. Uh, For some people, it might look like cooking your favorite meal or something like that. Maybe, you know, being with your friends if you can. There are tons of different things that you can do to self-soothe. Therapy? Yes, therapy is good (laughs) too. Yes. I think investing in therapy is the best thing I ever did. Yeah. And some people think, well, it's just a breakup. It's not that serious, but you'd be surprised the depth to which we can go when we're in that, in that Mm. headspace. Wow. This has been super, super interesting. Thank you so, so much for joining me. I've really enjoyed this chat. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So we're back, Linda. Well, that was an interesting listen to Ginger. I have not heard of love bombing, but I think you no, might have a little love bombing story that you, you didn't even <laughs> know do. what it was. You just got I baffled do. I didn't by even it. know. So I had met this guy overseas and within three days, as she was talking about it, I was like, Oh my God, fuck. I was totally love bombed. Did you just say the F word? Yeah, we're allowed to say, we're allowed to swear on this podcast. So I basically met this guy overseas and within, I think, three days, he was like, get all your stuff and come and stay with me. So I ended up staying with him for a month and he introduced me to every all mm. his friends and family friends and we went and stayed with his family friends and he's like his dad's best friend and it was just we'd go to dinners and he'd hold my hand and it was very lovey-dovey for this whole month and then that was kind of it. I was pretty heartbroken. You, mum, were planning the wedding. Linda, you're a red flag. I think you're the red flag. (laughs) I have to say that I was completely (laughs) love-bombed too. I was fantasising nonstop about an exotic wedding in a palace, researched everything. I I honestly had a Pinterest board. I waited for every new photo and text that you send me. Mum told me because I was getting ready to leave and she was like, don't leave. Mum, you're the problem here, not me. You are. Yes, I was on that roller coaster with you every step of the way. But red, red flag, apart from love bombing you, red flag was that he had a long distance <laughs> girlfriend and we should both have not got sucked he, into look, this. Look, I don't know that it was a serious long distance relationship. It was a woman that he went and saw and she came and visited. I don't think it was serious, mm. but he definitely had other women in his life. So why three years later are you now getting photos and texts from him? Is this is this for him to see power. if he's still got a bit of And this was going to be the challenge you. this week. So the challenge this week was going to be if you've got someone in your life that's reappeared, that's toxic for you, I think I need to really seriously question why am I still responding? There's no reason for me to respond to him because there's nothing's going to happen. He's not the right guy for me. I 
have already been heartbroken once by him. It doesn't, I don't need to be responding. And I definitely thought <laughs> no. I was over him and I have you been have encouraging been. you to I respond. I know. I can't help I myself. Know. I just, I I'm know. still fantasizing that it might happen. I, I have to move on. I have to move on. Maybe I should text him to stop texting you so I can move on. I think my challenge is that, you know, I get this little, it's it's like this little rush of dopamine every time he texts. Mm. I actually think the challenge is to not respond. Oh, really? I know. Oh. I know. Okay. He's not. I don't know what I'm hanging on to. I mean, I've been proven time and time again. This is that's not the right fit for me. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna have to move on, the both of us, Linda. Oh, okay. Okay. I will delete my Pinterest board <laughs> and all my. Safe it's been three photos. years, Linda. It's time to move on. I I did move on, but mm. um, it's just weird that he's reappeared. Anyway, that's a story for another day. That'll be a bonus episode when we tell that story. So the challenge for last week, um, just to finish off, I don't want to tell a long story, but basically the challenge was to practice asking for what you want. And I've actually had quite the roller coaster month of not being able to ask work for what I wanted because mm. after all the conversations that I've had and the values exercise and all everything that I've done up until this point, I just was like, I need to make a change. So I actually did and I decided to go part-time at my work and to... Not too part-time. Well, four days a week and then also have yeah. the flexibility to go travelling when our borders open so that I could work, you know, interstate or... But you'll only be... You won't be gone for too long. <laughs> oh, I don't know how long I'll be gone. I'll miss all this activity and drama. What will keep me entertained? Hopefully I'll date... I'll be dating more. Maybe I'll, I'll probably have some more holiday romances if I can get the F out of Melbourne. So it took me a month and it's probably like all of the challenges culminating in this decision that I made and it's done now. So it was Friday yesterday and I didn't work. And uh, can I ask what, I, I think I know what you did. What did you do yesterday? <laughs> I, I watched TV all day. So this is not <laughs> a good thing. Well, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to get out of Melbourne. So what did, what did you watch yesterday? I watched In the Dark, which is a show on Stan and I think you'll really like it. I watched 12 episodes, I think. So So Friday's day off was 12 episodes of In the Dark. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. But do you know that what? I was crazy. I've been I was so exhausted and emotionally drained yesterday from the date. No, just from life. <laughs> I just needed I needed a day to do nothing. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for this week. And I don't know if I'm going to get, if he messages me again, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stick to the challenge, but I'll give it a red hot go and just let's just hope he doesn't message me again because I don't know if I'll be able. If he does, don't tell me because I'll be. I know. You'll be like, right back. I mean, the fact is he's on the other side, not He's on the, the other side. side of the world. So there ain't yeah. no travel overseas no, for a while. Absolutely not. So it's a dead end anyway. Although he'd make a good sperm donor. Oh my God. He's got some interesting, um, <laughs> an interesting background. He could send it over on ice. Oh my God. <laughs> If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. See you next week.